Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Okay, so today I am privileged to have my friend with me, Amy Springle, and she is amazing. She's beautiful. I can't wait to post the picture because you guys can all look at her. Yes, no, you know, don't I'm post serious. the picture. Yes, I will. It's in the show notes, but you'll get more from the show notes. But she is a wife and a mom and a realtor and a worshiper, and she's my friend, and we've known each other for a while. So yeah, a long time. I'm really grateful that you're here to do this. I yeah. really am. We I'm get happy. to have time together. I know. I'm happy to be here. Let's do a podcast so we can sp- <laughs> right, spend some exactly. time together. Okay, so I typically start with a little list, and it gets people just started hearing my voice with your voice. And so there really isn't a right or wrong on these. Um, sometimes people feel plagued like they have to decide one of these. But could you just tell me as quick as you can, do you think you're an introvert, extrovert? I'm an extroverted introvert. Okay, give me a little bit about that. Um, I think I was an extrovert most of my life, and the older I get, the more I need to kind of withdraw in order to recharge. But I do like being around people, and I'm not shy to start conversation or talk to people. Yeah. You know that, because I mm-hmm. kind of stalked you, which is another story for another day. <laughs> no, it's for today. Uh, <laughs> it's for today. Okay. We'll um, but yeah, I I definitely know myself now enough to know mm-hmm. that I need to withdraw sometimes. Mm-hmm. I would even say that. Everybody would for yeah. sure say I'm an extrovert, and right. I am, but... But that's what people always say. Do you mm-hmm. need, do you recharge around people or do you recharge by yourself? And I'm more and more recharging by myself these days. Yeah, me too. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dog, cat, either or neither? Only dog. Okay. Morning bird or night owl? Night owl. Are you a books or movies gal? Mm, probably both. Okay. Silence or music? Music. Would you consider yourself leaned in or laid back? I would say... Oof. See, I'm never one or the other. Even on all of those personality tests, I I'm know. like 50% of everything. I think so it's a it just hard kind of depends. Because... Depends on my time of the month, too. I'll just be honest about <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> exactly. Or who it is. Like within family, you might yeah. be a certain way because you got to yep. be the one that's leaned in. Yep. Or or maybe you got to be laid back. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Shower or bath? Shower. Well, I don't I don't really have a nice bathtub to take a bath. I wish I, wish I did. So shower. Okay. Driver or passenger? Driver. You seem like you know where you're headed to me. <laughs> okay. So you know that this is called The Real Deal. Mm-hmm. And my father, Richard Dean, would always tell us, RD, be the real deal. Mm. Just be who you are. That's the real deal. The authentic you. Nobody else needs you to be fake. Don't be the phony baloney. You know, all those things he used to yeah, say, yeah. they really worked their way into my fabric of who I am. But who would you say in your life is the real deal and how did it affect your life? Name someone. My husband. Tell me. Um, when we first started dating he said you know I'm not like other I'm not really not like other guys I'm exceptional and I was like okay you know (laughs) and he's a little bit older than I am and we met when I was 20 okay so he had already graduated college he was living by himself for a long time he was really a grown-up okay and I was not I mean I was still in college and had never lived by myself um and as I got to know him I remember saying one day, you're right, you are exceptional. And Mm. he's very honest. He is the type of person I don't ask, how do these pants look necessarily? Because he'll tell me the real truth. (laughs) And I might not want the real deal. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, and he said, you know, if I question him on something, he's like, have I ever lied to you? Mm. You know, I just, he's the real deal. So love it. Yeah. How does that influence you as his wife and in general? 
I don't ever remember a time of distrusting him, mm-hmm. which... What a gift, Amy. Read a gift, yeah. And he travels a lot for work, so there would be lots of opportunity for him to be untrustworthy. But, you know, it doesn't mean we agree on everything all the time or we have a perfect marriage, but he's he's a real deal, so I haven't really had a need to have that angst. Yes, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. So, in Scripture, it says that we're his workmanship, his masterpiece, mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yeah. I love the part that it says that he had prepared in advance for us to do. So we're not like trying to hoe our own row all the time. He's prepared certain things. But as you've gotten older or as you, you've marched through your life and you realize I'm his masterpiece, I, by the way, I think you're just amazing. I really do. Thanks. What are some things that have helped you to be the real deal? And then what do you think you're on the planet for? Like you may be still figuring it out, which sure. is all good, but like you're created for a reason. What do you think some of the things are? Oh gosh. I would say... The things that make my heart sing the most usually clue me in on what I'm here for. I love that. Make Does that make sing. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because there are, I, my heart, my kids make my heart sing. Mm-hmm. They also drive me crazy sometimes. Yes. But that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. I don't necessarily think I'm on the planet to do my job. That helps pay the bills and it's the way God provides for us. Right. But I do get a lot of joy out of helping people that way. The thing that I love probably the most, the thing that I, I think the time that I really knew the most God preordained this for me to do was when we adopted Grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we need to go there. Yeah. Let's just go Let's there go while there. we're on it. Okay. It's one of the reasons why I wanted you to yeah. be here on The Real Deal is that I want maybe the parts I already know, but I want whatever you want to share that sure. we don't know. How sure. you watched God work or some of the things that were hard or you didn't know. And So the adoption story. Yeah. The adoption story probably, honestly, when I look back in my life, I see different things. Like, you know how you can look back in your life and you see, I wonder if that was a little crumb along the path. Kind of like Hansel and Gretel, but with a happy ending. Um, (laughs) You know, I remember taking a class in college during January, like that little time when you can take, there's like a shortened list of classes and they're discounted and they're weird names. Well, this one was Tour China via screen and I just loved it. Wow. During your J term kind of thing. Yep. And it was probably my freshman or sophomore year. Probably my freshman year, I think. And we had this Chinese teacher, this little man. He was so cute. And he would tell us, you know, this is how you poop in China. And he'd squat down on the floor. And I just thought he was a hoot. Yeah. And we, you know, it was tour China via screen. So there was always a movie, which I thought, that'll be nice. Yeah. Sit in the dark and watch a movie and maybe not pay attention. But it was really interesting, and we cooked Chinese food, and it was just a really very quick but very in-depth introduction to the culture. Yeah. And I never really thought about it since until fast forward many years. Yeah. So I have a good friend of mine who was a roommate of mine in college who she and her husband have moved all over the country because he's a pastor. He's a Lutheran pastor. And so when they get a call to move, they've moved. Okay. And we've never lived in the same state, but we've always remained close and would visit, you know, from time to time when we could. And I remember she and her husband adopt, they had three biological kids. Okay. And then adopted their first daughter from China. And I remember getting their little adoption announcement Mm. and how sweet she was. And oh my goodness, it's so precious. Then another, I developed a relationship with another woman at our church, and she had adopted from China. And it was like these these Chinese adoptees yeah. kept coming into my path. And, of course, most people that I've encountered when they've adopted, they have this great story to tell, and they want to tell, you know, this yeah. is what God did, especially if they're Christians and have seen God at work. So my friend from college 
and I got together, like a couple of us from college met one weekend in Vermont at her aunt's cabin. Cool. So we all flew, yeah. met together, and spent a long weekend together. And she's like, you know, Amy, you and Robert should really think about adopting. You guys would be the perfect family. You've got two kids of your own. You know, there's a nice break in there. It would, you'd be the perfect adoptive, adoptive family. And I just remember thinking, I don't know, you know, that's a nice idea, but it's probably really expensive. And I had stayed home to raise our kids, so we didn't have a two-income family. Right. You know, it was just, how is that all going to work? And I remember talking to Robert how about it. How old were your kids when you started thinking? The first time it ever popped in my mind, they were probably eight and ten. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, and just... we had decided not, when Jake was probably six or seven, we had decided, let's make sure we don't have any more the natural way. Okay. Let's <laughs> we'll yep. just leave it at that. We went to see Dr. Kid, and his name should be Dr. No More Kid. Let's just <laughs> let's put it that way. That's the real deal on that. So, and I remember saying before that procedure, are we sure we're done? And we had kind of thought of it a year before, and then the day of, I'm like, are we sure? And I remember saying, well, I guess if we ever want more kids, we could always adopt. There's a lot of kids who need a family. So, like, I remember yes. those little nuggets along the way. So I left that weekend with my girlfriends, and I mentioned it to Robert. He's like, I don't know. We would have to move. Would we really want to start over? And it's so expensive. I just I just don't think we could do it. And my husband is the real deal, but he we balance each other well because I'm always like, well, we'll just figure it out, or God will provide a way, or it'll be fine. It's just money, and la, yeah. la, la. And he's like, we can afford it. I don't see how that would work. We can talk about it another time. Yeah. So that friend was persistent. Wow. And not in a way of like... Bullying you. Bullying. Just like, you know, there's grants available and there's this and you could apply here. And of course, I'm a huge Stephen Curtis Chapman lover. So I yeah. knew their family's story right. and their Show Hope organization and and what have you. So the dialogue just kind of would pop in and out. And... I really liked the idea of moving. <laughs> like He's like, we'd have to move or we'd have to add on because we had two very small bedrooms for our kids and then okay. our bedroom. And being that our daughter at the time was getting to be preteen, yeah. sharing a room with a infant or toddler would not have worked well. And the same with our son. I mean, we would there would have been no place for a crib or, I mean, bunk beds, but you can't, that's not going to work. So... The following year, we got together again in the summertime with these girlfriends. Yeah. She's like, have you talked about it? Have you thought about it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm really open to it. He's just really not. But, you know, I'll just, we'll just pray. She's like, well, I'm going to pray that you guys both get on the same page. And if you do, then you know it's meant, it's meant to be. Yeah. So that was the summertime. In October, it was June. And then October, we went with some friends to see Stephen Curtis Chapman. Now, I have to back up just probably a month because okay. our church at the time did a sermon series called I Will. And basically the premise of it was, what is God asking you to do? Mm. And you can either be in the place of saying, I will, I won't, which would be disobedience, or I would if I could, which is still disobedience, because if God asks you to do something, there is no I would if I could. Wow, there is, so good. You can, because I'm with you. So we got these dog tags to wear either around our neck or okay. in a keychain that said, I will. I will. And I wore mine around my neck, and so it was always cold against my skin under my shirt, yeah. right? So my husband and I and good friends of ours got tickets right around the time of my birthday in October, in the middle of October, to see Stephen Curtis Chapman at Spring Creek. And this was 2011. Okay. So we had our I Will Dog Tags on right under our shirts. And in the middle of his concert, if you have ever been to one, there's the adoption plug. 
Right. And he shows a video of his first adopted daughter. Right. With a song that's very a poignant song for adoption. And they brought out a family who had gotten a Show Hope grant to help with adoption. Okay. And it was somebody just like us. Yeah. A son and a daughter, daughter and a son, whatever, the same yeah. kind of age. And then showed a picture of their little girl. And I was sobbing. I mean, wow. like, sobbing. Like, not just my eyes teared up and all that's really sweet, but like, holy, the holy, holy crying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked at my husband and he was sobbing. And so part of me thought, oh, shoot, now we're on the same page. <laughs> and I pulled out my I will dog tag and I'm like, this is what God's asking us to do. And he said, I know it is. And our friends were there and they were sobbing. We were just a mess and mascara everywhere. And on the way home, we said, we need to tell the kids that this is what we think God wants to do. And how do you think they'll react? And oh my gosh, I think they'll be thrilled because a couple of times they had said, yeah, you should adopt a little kid. That would be fun to have a little a baby mm. around the house because mm. kids always think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like 12, 10 and 12 year old things, things is just the funnest thing ever to have a right. an infant, right? So we went home and we sat the kids down and we said, you know, because they were at that golden age of they could stay home alone for a couple hours, right? right? I called it the golden age because they're too young to have boyfriends or girlfriends. They can't drive. <laughs> so you know, they can stay home alone. It's the golden time. What's so not you don't need a babysitter. It's awesome. Right. Yes. It's, my, it's one of my favorites. And our daughter was, I think, 12, almost 13 at the time. Hmm. And so our son would have been 11 and a half-ish. And our daughter was thrilled, like, yes, this is awesome. I've always wanted a little sister. And our son said, just was real quiet. And I was surprised because he's a really tenderhearted Mm. boy and still is. And he's like, I like our family the way it is. And I, I mean, sat back like, oh. Yeah, just super honest comment, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, I tell you what, why don't we pray? Because if this is what God wants for us, we'll either be all on the same page or it will be a no. And maybe God just wants us to be open to it. Maybe God just wants us to be an advocate for people and help financially and in prayer people who are on that path. Let's take some time and pray. So he was still young enough that he had this huge beanbag in his room under his lofted bed. Mm-hmm. And which I bought because when he had a twin size bed, we would just get in and snuggle at yeah. bedtime. Well, then when he had a lofted bed, I thought, oh, no, the snuggling is going to be over. So I <laughs> got yeah, yeah. this huge oh, beanbag to go underneath. So we, I would go in there at night and we'd pray. And then he'd climb up and go to sleep. So we we just started praying. And I just, God, would you just make it known if this is your will for our family? And would you make all of our hearts be united? Yeah. And I didn't want him to be shamed or be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, like dragged across the line. Or, you know, I didn't want to say things like, you know, all those orphans need... <laughs> you know, need a family, and aren't you a lucky yes. boy to have a mom and dad that love you? And you know all that Guilt kind of him stuff. Into it. Right, that's nothing that's going to come good from that. And nothing good will would have come from me dragging my husband there either. Right, it um, was just the next step, yep. similar in that yep. waiting process. Yeah, beautiful. So, Jake would just start asking randomly questions, like in the morning, in the afternoon, like not even at bedtime when we would pray. What if it's a boy who's maybe ten and has anger issues and would try to stab us? Oh, like things that he had maybe either heard or seen in a movie or whatever. And I said, well, I was, I mean, I was kind of going to ask if we could have like the youngest possible baby or toddler. He's like, oh, okay. And then a couple weeks later was, 
could we just ask for a girl? Would that be wrong? Because I kind of like to be the only boy. Yeah. And I was like, I said, I kind of was hoping for a girl, actually. There's a lot of girls. Mm -hmm. If that's something, and my husband was like, I was kind of hoping for a girl, too. You know, I was like, oh, girls are so much work. But, (laughs) you know, and there's some times where even today I'm like, why did we get a girl? (laughs) And so he just kind of came along. And pretty soon he started praying for whoever we would adopt. And I knew we were there. Wow. Yeah, it was really precious. And I remember saying to somebody, I'm really glad that we weren't all on the same page at first because I got to see God change his heart instead of this is what we're doing, guys. Get on board, Uh you know, which would have been easy to do. Uh But it was a much more beautiful experience, which is only because of God. So that was like November ish. And I remember my husband and I read his Christmas party in December for his work. Yeah. And typically when we go there, we try to put our heads down, not look at anybody and make eye contact and have a free date night, (laughs) you know, to keep it real. And so we had sat down at a table and just kind of in the back after we had dinner and we had talked to some people and whatever. But I remember saying, you know, if we're going to do this, I need to make sure because he's the one who's concerned about money. I'm the one who would rather save time. So we balance each other that way. And I remember saying, I need to... I need some reassurance from you that if this ends up costing more than you think, if we adopt a child who has more special needs than we expect, and we hit our, you know, out-of-pocket deductible every single year, that you're not going to resent me or the child. What a like, can we question, just, honestly. Really, because you don't, nobody ever thinks that they would do that. I know enough people who have adopted already that haven't had the sweet little one who just attaches to you like you they've always been your family there's plenty of people who have reactive attachment disorder yes, yes. and a lot of issues that yes. are in your face all day every day and it is a nightmare yes it and doesn't mean it wasn't frank conversation right i mean important. it wasn't part of god's plan but we might have a nightmare someday right now things are great but it's not always that way and so i had done enough research to know it's not always sunshine and rainbows yes sometimes it's really you're in the trenches and it's tough. So he's like, no, I promise I would never, that's not how it's going to be. And he is exceptional after all. So I figured, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> there is yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was December of 2011. Mm-hmm. So in January of 2012, we started the paperwork process. And about that same time, I just started to look like, I just started to look and see places that God was being intentional, intentional. And I began to pray for that. Mm. I need God. I need you to be obvious for me that this is what you have for us. I believe that it was, but I asked that he would make it specific and personal for me and specific and personal for my husband because we have different ways that we would notice and specific and personal for my kids. Because that's just that extra confirmation yeah. that whenever you get a bump in the road or if you get a bump in the road or whatever, well, even you, when you know that you know because yep. God can And even you know, when you think about a marathon runner, there's checkpoints where yeah. you get a little drink of water to keep yep. on going or yep. you get a little gel pack of yep. whatever it is that they drink. I am not a runner unless somebody's chasing me, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I just need that little thing. I just need a little something to keep on going, right? Just a little bit of affirmation, a little pat on the back, like, keep going. Mm -hmm. You're doing, you know, this is the way, right? Mm -hmm. So one of those things there, and there were many, so there was never a time where I was like, we really messed this up. You know, this was, we're totally, we're AWOL here. (laughs) You know, one of those things I picked up our daughter from middle school, she was in seventh grade. 
And she brought this Chinese lantern into the car. Oh. And we had decided already to name her Grace. Yeah. So she brings this Chinese lantern in the car, this pink lantern. She's like, I thought we could hang this up in Grace's room. I'm like, that's so beautiful. And she's like, I had to carve this, you know how they carve it out of the block and then they make a print. Yes. So it was a dragonfly. And she said, we have to make, we had to make something that was graceful. And I thought dragonflies are graceful. And I said, well, what's that? And she said, well, I looked up what the Chinese character for grace would be. I said, when did you make this? And she's like, November. And like, we didn't decide her name would be. And she goes, oh my gosh, mom. Like, we didn't decide her name would be Grace wow. until December. And she had already been carving the name of her sister. Wow, I love it. You know, so that was, and it's still hanging in her room today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've told her the story, and mm-hmm. she's like, that's weird. <laughs> you know, yeah. Grace is like, that's weird. Yeah, oh, I love <laughs> but it. But she doesn't know. Like, there's that thing. There's the next sermon series of the, the first sermon series of the new year, when they put it up, was like, almost like a Scrabble board. Mm-hmm. And it said, Grace changes everything. Cool. And I was like, even now I have goosebumps. Yes. I'm like, God, you have got to be kidding me. Yep. Right? There was just yep. all of these little things, and... Because God really is that intimate. He really is that personal. He really does want to communicate. He is relational. Yep. Yep. And he was just letting you know. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So during this time, I uh, would think it was my friend who adopted. And she was, of course, turning cartwheels. But she sent me the name of a blog to read. And this was a woman who had adopted. I think now it's been like maybe she's got 12 kids. Wow. I think eight of them are Chinese. So she wrote a blog and she had just gone through the process. Because when you're starting the process, like, you just need a map. Somebody's yeah, map. somebody help me. Who has gone before you? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? What did you do about this? And all that stuff. So I started following her. And it was July. And we had put our house in the market and sold it, like, in a, in a market that was not good, like, today. Like, okay. we got $100 over the asking price. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Right. $100 over asking price yeah. would be, like, today right. <laughs> in this market. So we were in the process of moving and it was a hard time because it was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Packing is not fun. It was summer. We didn't really enjoy our summer because we were packing and moving and is this going to appraise? Is this going to be okay? And we have to find a new house and yada, yada, yada. And so I took a minute out of the day that I was packing to read this blog. And when I opened it for the day, it was July 31st. It was a blog post talking about which orphan was going to be the recipient of a fundraising effort to provide a heart surgery for a specific heart condition because one of the children that she had intended to adopt passed away before they could go and pick her up. She had tetralogy of Fallot and it's, um, if an, if a child was born in America, they'd have surgery the minute they were born immediately, if not in utero. So she had shared that story of how that heartbreak, because you, you see a picture and you read yeah, a file and you immediately, that's my daughter, you yeah. know, that's my son, whatever. So in order to make purpose out of that yeah. and this little child who they had named Esther, mm. they did this beautiful shirt that said, so loved and John 316 on the back. Mm. And so I'm reading about, you know, this and when it started and about Esther and that story. And I scroll down and I see this little face and I just was like, <gasps> Because she was so beautiful. I mean, she's just so beautiful and so sweet looking. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. And Maddie, our daughter, came around the corner and she's like, oh, my goodness, is that a cute baby? Can we have her? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, well, you can't just order him up like Big Mac. You right. know, you're just, 
<laughs> I don't know, but she is really precious. And there's something about her eyes and her just face. Drawn. Just drawn to her. So I sent the link to our adoption caseworker. And of okay. course, when you move, you have to redo the home study. Everybody who has okay. adoption has to do home study. So you change an address. Yep. Then Start you have to over. go to the new home and the social worker has to come mm -hmm. and look at the new home and make sure we have the smoke detectors and the carbon yeah, monoxide yeah, detectors yeah. and that there's not an open railing staircase and that the child's going to be safe and all that. So everything was kind of on hold until we moved. So I sent that link to my caseworker and she replied back right away and she's like, oh my goodness, she is really precious. I don't have any, I don't see her file at all anywhere in the shared database. So she might not even be... Her paperwork might not even be ready yet. Okay. And if she needs heart surgery and she's about to have the surgery, she might not be as special need. Okay. Which means you aren't even you wouldn't even be eligible for her yet because your paperwork's not done. Okay. I was like, oh darn. I saved her face yeah. for that picture in my phone. I would just show it to people and I thought, wouldn't that be just like God if this was our daughter? And my brother thought I was crazy. Mm. I'm sure many people thought I was crazy. There was a few people who were like, oh my goodness, she's really precious. But for me, it just was like, if it's not her, it's someone like her. And this is why we're working so hard yeah. to make a home for her. Yeah. And to change everything about our life. Yeah. Our address, our school. Right. I got a, you know, I started nannying for twins that fall so that we could save money and take all of our family to, I mean, the four of us to go, go to China and experience adopting at the same time and... It was just like one of those little things, and I would refer back on the hard days, and they had a little, they had said that she was at a foster home in Beijing called New Day Foster Home. So I went to the website, and whenever a little one was matched with an adoptive family, there would be an asterisk there. Okay, so you know they're... Whether they're matched not available. Or not. Okay. Right. Okay. So I would check back, and they would say, they called her Kate, and okay. it would say she has tetralogy of fallow, she has an esophageal... Um, fistula, which meant there was a connection between her turkey and her esophagus okay. that had been repaired. And they said what her birth date was, but they didn't give her Chinese name because they kept that confidential and gave her an American name. So she's just Kate to she's you. She's just Kate. And it said little things like she likes cookies and she likes to laugh and she likes books and she can track people when they walk in the room. And okay. So it gives little clues like yep. of their developmental yep. ability. So I would stalk that website. Yeah. And like, look, she's still there. They yeah. haven't said anything about her heart surgery, though. And there was no update anywhere. And I remember on uh, October 2nd, which was her birthday. I don't know if I said August 2nd, but it's October 2nd. I was nannying for yeah. these twin babies. And I was rocking them to sleep. And I was thinking, I wonder if anybody's rocking her to sleep. Oh. And I was just praying for her. And she get and she did get good care at the foster home. But yeah. anyway, so by December, we had all of our paperwork sent to China. And I was just waiting because the second it was there, I was going to be like, so about Kate. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, we would like her. Yeah. Is that possible? Is your yeah. paperwork done? Did she have surgery? What's going on? Yeah. We sent it December 5th to China. And once it gets to China, it sits on a desk until it's logged in. Okay. And then you get a login date. Okay. On December 12th, my caseworker called me and I was, I had taken the babies to our house for the day. Yeah. I don't remember why. It was Christmas time, so I was thinking, well, maybe they, when they nap, I can wrap presents and try to yeah. get ahead because I was at the other, I was at their house most of the time. And my caseworker called and she's like, Amy, I know your your things aren't even logged in in China yet, but we have a referral for you if you are open to that yet. And my heart just sank. And a referral means they have a child, yes. an option. Okay. That you can say yes or you can say no. Okay. And my heart sank because I was like, 
but now I just I just want to try to get to Kate. Yeah. Like I want to call somebody and say, let's yeah. can we can we please see if she's available and how could we make that happen? So I was like, okay, sure. She's like, okay, good. Well, this is a little girl. Her birth date is October 2nd, 2011. I said, are you kidding me? And she's like, no. And I said, do you remember the little girl I asked about? Yeah. Like in July that you said, you know, you don't think she could, it would be a needle in a haystack to find yes, her. Yes, yes, yes. She wouldn't even be on the list because of her heart surgery. And she's like, yeah, but I don't think that's this girl because she's, you know, doesn't say anything about a foster home in Beijing. You know, she's from a very northwestern part of China. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow, that's weird. It's the same birth date. She's like, her special needs are Tetralogy of Fallot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's her. This is her. And she's like, I don't think so. And I, she's like, she does have another special need. And I, and she said, it's a trachea. I said, tracheoesophageal fistula, which is a mouthful. <laughs> and she's like, oh my goodness, maybe it is her. Would you know her face? And I said, would I uh -huh. know her face? It's, it's in my phone. I'm looking at it right now. She's like, okay, I'm going to send you the file. So she sends me the file with the pictures and I dropped to the floor because it was her. And my husband had said to me the week prior, if by some miracle of God, Kate is our daughter, we wouldn't say no to her, right? And I said, not if she had a three, a third eyeball and a second butthole. Like we are, <laughs> we would take her. Such an Amy face. No, no doubt. And... I said, I accept her. I accept yeah. her, you know, and she's like, well, you need to talk to Robert. And I was like, I'm like, there's no way we're saying no to her. Right. That's her. And she's like, Amy, this has never happened. Yeah. I cannot even believe this. Only God. And it's a Christian agency. Yeah. She's like, only God would write a story like this. Yes. So I said, I have to call Robert. So I got off the phone with her and I called him and I tried to pull myself together. And I said, um, hi, honey, Tiffany just called. Tiffany is the caseworker. Yep. I said, we have a referral. And he goes, oh, man. Yeah, because he's thinking the same thing you were. Right. And he's like, okay. And I said, it's her. And he went silent. And then I could hear him crying. And he yeah. doesn't cry that easy. Yeah. Even though he's exceptional. <laughs> um, he just cried and cried. Yeah. And I, he, I said, you need to come home. We need to get the kids out of school and, and talk about this so we can say yes. So he came home. We pulled the kids out of the school. My son thought I had been in a terrible accident. Like, he was legitimately scared. Why yeah, are you coming out of school? why is mom crying so hard? So, no, he thought, like, before he got home, he's like, I'm so glad you're okay. I didn't know why dad had pulled me out of school. Oh, and I get it. Yeah. He's, I, he said it was really important. And I said, well, we have a referral, and I want us to all talk about it. And I had asked God to make it personal for my kids, right? So we read everything about her because in the file we got so many details. This is the size of her head and this is how tall she is. And this yeah. is how much she weighed. And she weighed 16 pounds at nine months old, wow. you know, just like all these little things. And when she, when somebody gives her a cookie, she eats it real fast and asks for another one, yeah. you know, and she loves, and she can track people walking in and out of the room and she likes to play with balls and she likes to play with dolls and all of these little things. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's so cute. And then I said, here's, I said, do you want to see your picture? And they're like, yeah, it wasn't the same picture that we had all known of this right. little girl, right? They were different pictures in the adoption file. So when I showed them the picture, they didn't, they're like, oh, she's so cute. And I'm like, it's her. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's her. And I held the phone and they were like, what? I mean, they were like, yeah, almost like freaked out to the point of scary. How could this be? Yeah. And I'm like. God asked us to do this. And we said, yes. Yeah. And look, we didn't even have to try for her. We tried in July and nobody could do anything. Right. 
And before I could even make one phone call, once our paperwork was there, this was, was in place. all, it was all along meant to be. Yeah. And when people say, oh, it's just meant to be that it's so wonderful. She's so lucky. People always are like, she's so lucky. And no child whose original family has been broken is lucky. Like, let me just say that there is no luck in this. If there is luck, it's my luck. It is my luck that she's my girl. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. It's hard for me to try to describe how, you know, adoption is a is a godly solution to a very human tragedy because God didn't design families to leave their kids. God didn't design for families to be broken, for marriages to be broken, for there to be death or infanticide in a country where you can only have one child and you better hope it's a boy. That's not God's design. That's that's the world that's sin in the world and the solution that God created. I mean, it's God who created adoption. Yeah. He adopted us. Yes, it's exactly. It's his sons and daughters. We're and so in. Yep. And it's just the redemptive hand right. of God. Right. Yes. The outcome is beautiful, but that doesn't mean the origin was him. Right. 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 You know? So, oh, so golly. yeah, that was December. And when we told people, they're like, no, she must just look like wow. the girl. I'm like, no, this is her. And they confirmed that it was, was the same girl at the foster home. So then, of course, I found out that the foster home had a Facebook page. Thank goodness I didn't know ahead of time because I would have been on that Facebook page <laughs> from sunup to sundown <laughs> stalking this child. So I was able to connect with them and say, hey, we're going to be your family. Yeah. So that was really nice because knowing that she was sung over and worshipped with mm-hmm. and prayed over by this foster home was a beautiful thing because when kids are loved well, yeah, even though they don't have their parents, they know how to receive love and they know how to give love. And it was very clear, even in the first days we were with her, that she was loved well. Mm. So she never did have the surgery. They tried in China that March. So we got it we got notified that she was, and we probably shouldn't have been, but the foster home is, is done now. So I can share this. Um, they let us know that she was approved to go for surgery. She was always sick with pneumonia because when your heart defect isn't repaired for months and months and months over a year, your lungs start to not like that. (laughs) The heart and the lung work together. One is not well, neither is the other one. So she was going to be at the hospital and evaluated for a week. It's kind of backwards there and then have surgery. So I didn't know. Is she okay? Is she not for like 10 days? Oh boy. Then we found out she was sent back home because, because her trachea and esophagus were connected and she had already had that surgery when she was three weeks old. Her trachea kind of always like some, sometimes when she is sick, she sounds like she has croup, even though she doesn't that barky cough. Mm -hmm. So they were too nervous to do surgery. They wouldn't do it. And they were afraid that she wouldn't survive. So we were disappointed, but that was one thing that was really difficult and we were disappointed because we want, I was afraid and the enemy would just come in and take that fear. You're going to have the same story that that blog lady did Oh. and you're, you love her and she's your daughter and you're never going to get to hold her Yeah. Mm-hmm. and she's going to go to the hospital and die and you'll never have any claim on her because she's not really officially yours. Yeah. And so that was my, that was, <laughs> it was nuts. I mean, yeah. 
talk about people were like, how could you love somebody that you never met? And I'm like, let me, let me explain it to you. Yes. <laughs> because she yes. was ours, all yes. of ours. Yes. And I remember begging God, please don't let this be how the story ends. Mm. You know, you're still good, but man, I, I don't want to have to tell that story. Yeah. We met her face to face in an alley right outside a civil affairs building on May 6, 2013. <laughs> and we had a guide with us and she <laughs> held her out and said, here's your baby. And <laughs> I, I held her. I'm like, hi, Grace. And she just screamed. She had been in a hospital for two weeks with pneumonia. Oh. Right before we left, we found out she was in the hospital. And I oh. was like, oh, here we go. And we didn't know if she'd be alive or dead when we got there. Oh. Honestly, it was like one thing after another. And when she cried, she turned blue because her heart was not repaired. Right. So her oxygen saturation on a good day was 70%. Wow. Like if we get to 90, we're in rough shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But your body adapts. You yeah. Know? So the first couple of days were a little bit scary. There was. Were you in China during this time though? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went there. We got to go to the foster. We only got to go to the foster home because she wasn't there. Had she been at the foster home, they wouldn't have let us go because the government doesn't want anybody to, to have contact with the baby until the appointed time. Because sometimes adoptive parents have seen their adoptive child and things maybe aren't what they expected and they choose not to adapt oh. and it's called disruption and it's very frowned upon in China and it's very difficult for everybody. Yes. And even when we had to have her medical appointment in China, the doctor said to us, do you know how sick she is? I mm -hmm. said, yep. You know that she has a broken heart. I'm like, yep. You still want her? Yep. Yep. You know, it's just, they don't understand how could we choose to do that? They know that it's expensive and they know that it's, they just thought we were crazy people, you know, but it happens every day. So they must be used to it. And they would say, you're such kind people because she is broken, you know? And I'm like, we're all broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Amen. Kindness so God. a month after we, yeah, a month after we got home, she had open heart surgery. I could have been either of my other kids when they wheeled her away. Mm. You know, you just, if, if there was a moment when I can think and, and know she was as much my daughter as anybody, as Maddie. Mm -hmm. It And I, I wouldn't say that was the first time, but that was the time that sticks out in yeah, my yeah, memory. Yeah. Because when they know. took her away, I felt like my heart was ripped out. And because it was an, it was an eight hour long surgery. Yeah. And they were dealing with her arteries and her pulmonary valves and yep. closing a hole between her ventricles. And I just thought... You know, here we go. Yeah, she's not getting her nails trimmed. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's not this an is, appendix, yeah, even this, though that can be scary too. Yeah. But so, wow. yeah, that was a, in the first, the first couple years were rough because every time we went to a doctor appointment, we found out something else. You know, she had severe scoliosis. She had congenital kyphosis. So her spine was curved both ways, you know, kind of S-curved. Yes. But then if you looked at her from the side, that was curved out. And it was because her vertebrae were pie-shaped in a certain place. So everything above it was curved and everything mm, below it was curved. Mm. Um, and they're like, yeah, she'll always be this way, but we don't think we'll have to do surgery because it's congenital and her anatomy will adapt. Well, her scoliosis that would always be getting worse has been consistently getting better. better. And we don't even notice her heart defect anymore because, I mean, we go every year for an echocardiogram. It's how it, they expect it to be. She's got severe pulmonary insufficiency, but that's because they repaired her pulmonary valve instead of gave her an artificial one. Oh. So someday, so it grows with her. Yes. But it's not great. It's fine. Yes. She doesn't ever run out of energy. The rest of us do long before she does. 
Um, and someday she'll need an artificial valve, they say. But with how technology is advancing, the last time we were at the doctor, she's like, you know, a lot of times we do this with in the cath lab. Wow. Because we can, you know, and she's really tiny. So she's like probably, you know, when she's an adult, we'll need to do this, but we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Because her esophagus and trachea were connected at birth and then repaired their scar tissue in her esophagus that made it narrow. So she had to have, I think, six or eight times her esophagus dilated. Mm, yep. Um, in the first couple years, every meal time was scary. Yeah. Because food would get stuck. And it's right. not the same as choking. It's just that sensation. Like, I always get this on Thanksgiving. I either have too much bread at once or too much mashed potatoes or the turkey's dry and it yep. goes down. And it's like, oh, it's not going down it's very fast. It's not going fast. down. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, but that has, um, it almost never happens anymore. Wow. So it's really, there's been so much healing in her inside and out. Yes. She did not want to be apart from us at bedtime Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, when kids are used to sleeping with 10 other kids in a room, that's what they're, then they go in and think, oh, now you have your own room. They don't want that. They want to be with everybody else. Right. right? So now she sleeps with their dog. (laughs) <laughs> and the two of them, it's her spirit animal. <laughs> like the two of them sleep together every night in her bed. Oh gosh. Love and it. so a couple of times I've said when my husband's traveling, do you want to come and sleep in mommy's bed? And she's like, well, our dog's name is Elfie. Yeah. But Elfie will be alone. I don't yeah. want her to be alone. So yeah. that, yep. the flip of, I'd rather sleep with her so that she's not alone. Right. You know, has really been fun to watch. Yeah. Oh my word. Okay. So if God prepares in advance the things we're to do, I said in the beginning, what a story. Yeah. From taking this online course, the J term, yeah. to, like you said, Hansel Gretel, yeah. Hansel and Gretel pieces yeah. to pick up from, yeah. like, incredible yeah. ways. Grace yeah. changes everything. Yeah. What a, what a beautiful phrase, right? Right. So, this is not an expectation, and if you don't do it, you're in trouble with me, but I just see a book over this whole thing. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, I bless that. you with that. And you can transcribe this podcast and get a lot of your chapters because <laughs> yeah, just, right. you can literally well, we just did a, say I wrote the a, way it's been said. Yeah, Beautiful. I wrote a blog, so it's yeah. probably, most of it is already in there. It's just, right. a, it's just a, you're not the first person to tell me that. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If God wants me to do something, he'll make it clear. Yes. Because I know, of, I know he has shows the, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have to say, because this is a this is a misconception, I think, by a lot of people, that in China, the people are evil and they just abandon their kids. Mm. And that's not the truth. Mm-mm. And I don't believe that's the truth for Grace. And when she asks me someday, and she's asked me before, why don't I have a mommy in China? Okay. And I said, you know, a lot of times women have babies, but they can't be the mommy. They can just have the baby. And then somebody else can come in and be the mommy. And that's okay. Yeah. And she was like, okay. You know, and that was that. You give her what she needs when she needs it. And that's the truth. I mean, it happens in the United States too. And the fact that they chose to give her life is miraculous because there are forced abortions in China. It is a very normal practice to walk in and get an abortion. You have to have a license to be pregnant. You have to have a license to be pregnant. Really? Yes. And if someone stops you, you need to show them your license. Wow. And if you want to have a second child, it's very expensive to the point of maybe a whole year's wage. So they've now loosened it where they can have two children, I think, in most of China. And the reason that ch- that boys are so desirable is so that they can take care of their parents. Because there's no nursing homes. Right. There's, a, there's orphanages. Right. 17 floors. Thousands of kids. Wow. So, so they got the honor piece figured out. Right. <laughs> because you take care of your parents. Right. Right. 
but the young one, right? Okay, that's interesting. So interesting. It's kind of the opposite of us, you know. Whether so we keep that honor. Desperate people do desperate things, and you know, I don't know how long it took her birth parents to realize something was really wrong with her, but when you have an esophagus and a trachea that's connected, and you're a baby drinking milk or nursing formula, nursing whatever, half of it's going in your stomach and right. half of it's going in your lungs. So they estimated that when she was found, she was a week old. Okay. Which is why her birth date is October 2nd. She okay. was found on October 9th. Okay. So. Found where? She was found um, in northwestern China. The city is called Urumqi. Okay. Xinjiang is the province. Yep. It's next to Kazakhstan. Okay. So everywhere, there was no, we were the only white people, I'm right. sure, in the entire province. Okay. In May, it was the sixth adoption that year. So not a lot of kids come from that province. And you would see things in Mandarin, Cantonese, and Farsi. Okay. So it was kind of Muslim China. Yeah. And a lot of people have said, you know, she may not have been from there because it's illegal to abandon your child. So you have to do it where no one will find you. And a lot of babies, they say, have been found in like the countryside. Mm. Just left. Wow. She was found in like... Imagine if we were over at the corners of Brookfield by Bel Air Cantina. Yep, yep. That's where she'd be found. Wow. Busy, busy, busy place. A place where... But even busier. But where people were going to notice her. Right. So we got to go and see the place where she was found. Mm. I mean, that's where they told us she was found. Yep. And it was a very, very busy, like, the little gateway to a community. Yep. Kind of intersection of there everything. There was... I mean, people and cars were everywhere. And when I saw that, I had peace. Because I always felt bad that she didn't have a little, little letter... You know, or like Annie, like yes. Little Orphan Annie, yes. a locket or something like that, yeah. right? Because I wanted to be able to give her some nugget, like your parents cared about you, your birth parents cared about you. And when I saw that place, I thought, you know what? They, they cared did. about her. They did. And they probably knew that she was sick. And they diagnosed her heart condition when they went in because they she had pneumonia from mm. having things mm. in her lungs, milk in her lungs, probably. And that's when they diagnosed her heart condition. So if she cried, she probably turned blue. Yeah. And in China, you have to pay first. So if I was a Chinese mother and father and I had a sick baby, I would go to the hospital and I'd have to pay maybe, you know, whatever amount, $100,000 before you like compared to the United States. Here's $100,000. I wouldn't be able to come up with $100,000. I'd have to sell my house. I'd have to, you know, take yep. out 401k, you know, whatever. For them, if they don't have it, they you get turned away. You can take your baby home and they can die at home. That's, that is how it is. Yeah. If you have it, then you can have the baby the fixed. Done. Yeah, the procedure uh-huh. and, the, and the diagnosis and everything else. If the baby is an orphan, the government has to treat the baby. So an act of love actually gets this baby care right so to have to give her a chance she had to be left is how i believe it went down it could have been any kind of other different way but right in some communities in china there's a bucket waiting when the baby's born and if they if there's something wrong with it it's drowned and somebody takes care of it Uh. so there's it's not unheard of to to be like well this baby isn't quite right let's put it out of its misery i mean it's unimaginable for us but there people would look the other way in a lot of communities, not all of them, you know, and things are, I think, improving. But they, there could have been a lot of other ways that they handled her. Yeah, she's so spared to be your daughter. Right. Honestly. Yeah. You know, we know God's sovereign, but how cool is that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. 
So, so I think of them as heroes. Yes. I think her birth parents are heroic. Yes. Because the hardest thing in the world to do would have been to leave a child that you loved, but you yes. know you couldn't help. Yes. And, you know, sometimes a sense of abandonment or a sense of not being wanted follows a child and they literally need soul care later. Mm -hmm. For her to know she actually was cared for. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And for yep. you to know that too, it is part of her inside that we don't even know is getting messages. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Somebody could like have a baby and they say something like, well, we didn't want this one or this is unplanned. They hear that. Mm -hmm. do, do you know what I mean? Yep. Later it yeah. pans out in, I was in, an in a perfect way, right? I, yep. So I just think it's beautiful. Not just because that's their semantics. I believe it's probably very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Too. So what did you learn about Amy? And what did you learn about God in this process? I mean, I've seen the hand of God, but like, what do you know now that you wouldn't have known? Or like what? I don't think I've ever seen God be more, and maybe because I was looking for it. That's a good point. I've, I don't think I've ever seen God be more intentional and more personal mm -hmm. than when we were going through that process. And I have to, I do believe that it's because he asked us to do, us to do something mm -hmm. and we said, I will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's that, there's the blessing and favor that comes with that in that time where if more people said, I will to what you're asking me to do, God, you know, and I've seen it in other ways oh, too, yeah, yeah. you know, where you just, you have that, God, is this something you want me to do? And when you, when you know that to be true, you either choose to obey or you choose to disobey. Right. I mean, that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I will, I won't would be disobedience. Yeah. And the third one I would was, if I could. I would if I could, but because he supplies things. Right. That's you such can. a good point. Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, you can. No, that's absolutely beautiful. I do believe there's an awareness. You were under an awareness of his goodness and his yeah. um, favor, but because yeah. of the obedience. It's so cool. Yeah. Is there anything else that you know about yourself now? or anything that you would want to share that would be an encouragement to anybody in the Real Deal audience? I mean, I don't want to shut you down. And, and if you have like something burning that you wanted to tell people. I promised God that I would always share the story of adoption if the opportunity ever came up because someone else sharing their story gave me courage yep. to think maybe I could do that too. Yep. And at one point, I didn't know if I would ever love an adopted child like I love my own mm -hmm. biological kids. I just thought that it's just not possible. Like people say that because they feel like they have to. Otherwise, somebody's going to have hurt feelings. Such um, a good point. That's you know just what I mean? an honest, real deal thing. Yeah. And I remember thinking that I shouldn't do that because I will favor my birth children instead of the... And people joke about that. Like we we'll, we were someplace on vacation and we'd only had Grace a year. We were in Florida and at the at the like little community resort thing we were staying at. It was like one of those timeshare things. Yeah. And then we got sucked into it. My husband's like, we can stay here for free if we listen to a 90-minute, you know, yeah. presentation. And 90 <laughs> minutes plus three hours later. But we were at the pool. And Robert was in the pool with Grace. And the big, I call them the big kids now. They were in the pool with Grace, to, with, with them. And I was just having a moment, like, I like the chair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't mind going in a pool. Yeah. But I do like being in a chair with a yeah. book and yeah. just... Me too. That's the kind yeah. of mom I am. Yeah. And so they were doing like, you know how sometimes they have somebody whose job is to do bingo at the pool or do a trivia yeah. thing and whatever. So the guy that was doing that said some... Was kind of making a joke of one of the other people there helping him. And he said something like, Sam, you're like the redheaded adopted kid that nobody really loves. 
And it's not the first time I've heard stuff like that. Right. You know, it's a joke. It's a terrible joke yeah. when you have someone in your family who is adopted. Right. And I, my eyes immediately went to Robert and Grace, and he looked at me, and she was only two. Yeah. She's not, that's not, yeah. she's not hearing that. Yeah. She doesn't even know what adopted doesn't is. Doesn't land, didn't She doesn't her. even know we look different than her. You know, at this right. point, she just knows that we're her people. I remember thinking how many more people joke or say things like that when there's somebody, there could have been 10 other adoptees in the pool. And to try to dismantle and destroy that image of, well, if the kid's adopted, they're not really as special. Because if that's what people believe on earth, how we believe on earth about our parents and our father and our family relationships... How do we how do we translate that to God our Father? Yeah, it's total reflection. And if we're thinking, well, God really loves Jesus because that's His Son, and we're just the adopted kids that nobody loves, that is an idea that needs to be put to death. That's right. Really. Yeah, it really is part of your purpose. Yeah, to go before somebody in telling your story because mm-hmm. other people went before you, but mm-hmm. then also to dismantle some of this stuff that yeah. may not be said out of cruelty, but just misinformed. Yeah, and does it needs to stop? Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting that sometimes we think you would only love these instead of your adopted child. What are some things what are some things people say that you would say, you know what, you might want to rethink that? Oh, Grace is so lucky. Mm. Grace, you are so lucky. Do you know how lucky you are? And I'm like, I'm the lucky one here. Mm-hmm. That is for darn sure. She she had no choice. I mean, it was like an organized kidnapping. <laughs> really? And I remember before, the night before we left, it was our last night at home. We were leaving on the plane in the morning. And, I mean, I'm the mom that cries the night before their birthdays. You know, I yeah. every year, good night, two-year-old, tomorrow yeah. you'll be three. You yeah. know, and I would weep and weep and weep and weep. And that <laughs> night, I'm like, this is, when we return here, we are no longer the same. We're no longer the same. Yep. The original four of us yep. that we had been together for 13, my daughter was 13, it's never going to be like this again. Or 14. I, I think she was 14 by then. Yeah, 14 and 12. And I just kind of savored that last yeah. day, you know, and that last time at home. And when we went on the plane, I was thinking to myself, and I was praying, God, please give her some calm. Please help her to recognize us. Because we had sent a little book with pictures of us. And they okay. would show her and they'd say, Mama, Baba, Jeja, okay. Gugu. Because Jeja means older sister and Guga means older brother. Okay. And, um, a picture of her dog. Cause I'm like, she's going to be terrified. She's probably never seen a big black lab before. And she's going to think it's going to eat her you right, know, or right, something right. crazy. So, I mean, we literally went there, met a stranger who held a baby that we knew was ours and they handed us to her. We did some, th- I mean, she screamed her head off. Yeah. And from her perspective, she was being kidnapped. Yeah. You know, and this wasn't right. And we don't look like her and smell like her. And we don't even talk the language. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing lucky about that experience and the trauma that has come with, with that. And I got to go to an adoption conference and Dr. Karen Purvis um, was one of the speakers and she had written a book that I read about trauma and afterwards because so many people think grace is so lucky and she's had this and she was able to be in this foster home and she did some adoptive kids are in an orphanage for years and she was in a foster home and she she did have a better experience than most but it doesn't mean there's not trauma and it doesn't mean there's not things that affect her behavior 
And so I talked to her and I said, could you help me? I just, I want to make sure that I'm thinking in this the right way. And she's like, well, tell me the story. Tell me your daughter's story. And so I said she was adopted and she started holding up fingers and she was out of fingers by the time I got to her heart surgery. She's like, she's got a load of trauma and you need to educate yourself and learn about that because when she has a tantrum or when she um, wakes up in the night and she's not even present, like she's offline and having a night yeah. terror, it's because there's stuff in her history that she has to deal with so that she can be healthy up here in mm -hmm. her head yeah. and in her heart. And sure, it was really good to know that. And yeah. I have, I've talked to a couple foster parents here who I'm like, you need to learn about trauma. Half of us, yep. probably have, more than half of us have trauma oh, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. And if it isn't dealt with, it will manifest itself when you don't expect it. And it'll shape your behaviors and it'll affect your relationships. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And I do believe everybody has experienced trauma. The extent or the situation or where you were in your life mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is all different. But yeah. to some extent, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. I'm so glad you shared <laughs> your story. I knew pieces of it, but yeah. I didn't know all of that. Yeah. And that is absolutely amazing. And she's doing well overall Wonderfully. yeah 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 and the kids overall she's a camp vertical right now is she yep. oh, loud and proud like, camp she's just enjoying herself yeah. and everybody knows her oh of like we'll walk it's such a great it's such a well-run entity anyway yes. but we'll walk in and be like hi grace yeah. hi grace and she doesn't have a name take on i'm yep. like how does everybody know her but everybody always knows her and she's a little star she is a happy individual yeah. right oh, i mean yeah. you saw oh, her gosh, picture yeah. and you knew that and there were some rough years. There were some mm -hmm. years where she would lay on the ground and scream. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have the education that we had to know, like, this is how she's processing. This is how she's dealing with trauma and the fact that her life has been turned upside down more than once. Yeah. You know, but. And the sleeping the thing yep. and all those yep. things. You've walked through the storms yep. and you've weathered storms. Yeah. But not every single day of her existence has no. been stormy. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad you shared. Yeah. Thank you for letting it's me share. It's amazing. I think there's somebody on the other end of this. It's my favorite story. Well, let me know if you find out there is. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that in, number one, it's just the real deal story. And number two, I think that you said that you told God, if you ever want me to tell the story of adoption. So we were sitting at coffee mm -hmm. and I said, I would love to do a podcast sometime. And I, I would love for you to share. And I barely get the word adoption out. Mm -hmm. Like, and you're like, I would do it. It wasn't like, oh, let me think about it. No. Because you were ready just to obey and yeah. You know, let God know. Because it is a God story. Yeah. And maybe somebody's thinking about it now. Maybe somebody's where we were 15 years ago and yep. was like, oh, I'd really like to, but I don't think I can. Or it's too much money or it's this or that, the other thing. And God provided every kind of way, mm -hmm. financially, um, emotionally, mentally, you know. And I, there was even one point where we were going to sell our house. And because we had been paying chunks, like adoption deposits, right? And they were a few thousand at a time. Yep. So it wasn't like it's a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks right. there. It was a chunk. And I wasn't working at the time. I mean, I was substitute teaching, which wasn't too much and it wasn't too predictable, but we were going to sell our house and we're like our, our, you know, our two kids had trashed the entire upstairs carpet and we didn't even have $500 to put down for a deposit, like in our yep. checking account. And I was at that same retreat where I saw you. Yeah. And I had said to Robert, I'm like, I think we just need to trust God put down the deposit. He's like, I don't even have $500. And I said, well, then God's going to provide. So just tell them, you know, schedule the date yep. and we'll figure it out. If I'll ask my parents, we'll ask them, you know, whatever. So that was in the morning on Saturday of that retreat. 
in the afternoon, Robert called me and he's like, I got to tell you this. I'm like, okay. He's like, I went out to the mailbox to get the mail and guess what was in the mailbox. I said, what? And he goes, a $500 check. <laughs> I'm like, from what? He goes, from some dividend at my old job. Of course. Yeah. That didn't, you know, I didn't even know was out there. Yeah. He's like, so I'm going to go ahead and order the carpet. I'm like, thanks God. Yep. And I said to him, if God is, cares about the carpet, do you not think he'll provide for the adoption that was his idea? Exactly. Yes. I just really believe in a supernatural God in it. And when his super meets are natural, it's yeah. beautiful. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, it's for sure. It's so much fun. It's part of that adventure. Yeah. That's part of the adventure. Okay. So would you feel comfortable praying for the real deal audience? Yeah. Specifically, maybe sure. somebody in this area or yeah. in the vein of the yeah. abduction. And I just want to pray over you. And For sure. Thank you, Amy, yeah, for you're coming. Welcome. It's Thanks amazing. for asking me. It's good. God, thank you so much for an opportunity to tell your story yeah. and for just the blessing of knowing how intentional you are and how personal you are and how you care about every detail of our life. And Lord, I just ask if there's someone out there now who's maybe thinking about adoption or fostering, or maybe they've already done that and they're having a rough day. God, I pray that you would be so obvious yeah. in their day, that your presence would be unmistakable. Lord, that if it's your will, that they take the next step um, towards saying yes to you that you know it might not be the big one yes it might be a thousand little yeses yes, but that mm -hmm. they'd be obedient in those thousand little yeses lord for the children who are waiting for parents god i ask that you would be present for them yes. that you'd be mother and father that you'd protect them watch over them and lord for anyone who doesn't know you and know the intentional god that you are mm. that knows the hairs on their head and the number of their days i pray that they would be closer to you today in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God, I thank you for this time with Amy. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would just bless this story, that it would go on through this podcast, but on and on and on and on. I pray that Grace would be a person who so easily and willingly shares her story, and I pray that it would bring you glory and honor and praise every time it's told. I pray that you would bless Amy and her family, her husband, her children, Lord, that they would all know that you're the God who puts lonely in families. You're the God who adopts us, grafts us in. You're the God who has such love for us that you promise to seek us out. And you also promise that grace and mercy is going to chase us down all the days of our lives. And so I thank you for the way that Amy used to joke, Rachel, I stalked you, but then she stalked this little girl. And it's just a beautiful <laughs> picture, God, of the way that you are drawn to people and you are drawn to what you want to have happen in their lives. And so I just pray a blessing on Amy and I pray a blessing on her business and her marriage and her children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren because you say that you're going to bless to the thousandth generation those who love and serve you. So God, thank you for the story of I will. And Lord, my prayer is that both of us, as we have coffee dates in the future, would be able to testify that all we decide to do each of the times is to say I will to our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. Okay. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. <laughs>